Welcome to Where Process Meets Application. I'm your host, Chanda Louise Otone. This is episode four. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. This month, we have Melanie Painter as our guest. She's an entrepreneur, civil engineer, website developer, wellness guru. You name it, she does it. She's awesome. You guys are in for a treat. Thank you so much for tuning in with me. All right, let's go. Well, like Chanda said, I'm Melanie Painter. I am Trinity to the bone. Let me just put that out there one time before we get into anything. Um, I am a what I term myself as a creative entrepreneur. And what that means really is that I have been able to take my civil engineering degree from the real HU, let me say that, and match it up with my love and passion for writing. And um, that really happened very late in my life. And so I, I'm happy I'm able to, I was able to merge two things that I really, really enjoy doing. So part of the civil engineering side is, is project management, which Chanda, you are very familiar with, um, and emerging those into my, pro- my writing projects that I do for clients. And so that's basically it's about me. So for the last, I want to say, decade, that's what I've been doing. Yes. That's awesome. Okay, so you're saying writing projects. What type of writing projects do you do? So I write on a daily basis. I write for big and small companies. I write for individuals. I also create websites and create copy for websites. So even though I get to do a little bit of creative graphic work, a lot of the other part of the work is coming up with using words to really help people shine. I put it like that. Mm -hmm. Okay, I love that. So um, what I'll say is like, what inspired you to get into that space? What gave you the courage to transition from civil engineering to then going into an entrepreneur path and becoming a creative? It wasn't really a... It wasn't really anything that inspired more so, I would say, out of necessity. So I lost my mom 10 years ago. And in losing my mom, I took some downtime. I totally left civil engineering and I thought, okay, I'm going to just pass the healing. Let me, you know, just take some time out. And in that time out, I had already had, um, I was journaling like for over three and a half years. And I ended up in New York here. and. It, a friend said to me, why don't you write a book and put it out there for people? And I'm like, people don't want to hear about my grief, you know, because my book is uh, Dancing at the Crossroad, and it's really about my journey going through grief. I, I've been through all seven stages of grief after my mom passed suddenly. And I said, oh, that's an idea. So I started taking all of my notes and journal notes from everywhere and compiling it together into this neat little book that is really a... Uh, a guide, a journal, a, a guiding journal, um, because it tells my story, but it also helps the reader to write their own story or, mm. you know, make their own notes as they read the chapters. And through that, I had to tap into New York City's entrepreneurial crowd. And I started trying to figure out how do I market this book? Where can I tap in? So I used to attend marketing meetings all over the city and then I had to um, I wanted to write some more so I would attend writing groups as well and I started to just like reach out and collaborate with a bunch of different people and someone said to me why don't you 
well, how are you not creating something in tech? Are you not a tech entrepreneur? And I'm like, what does that mean? Because I hadn't really heard of that. But in New York, the state of New York business is that everybody's doing something on a different scale. And so tech entrepreneurship was like this new buzzword at the time. There was Silicon Valley, there's Silicon Valley in, out in California. And in New York, we have all of these young millennials at the time who were doing app, building apps for the various things, you know, just for like pictures coming up on your phone and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, so let me think about this. What are my skill sets? I also needed to start working because my savings was severely depleted. <laughs> um, so I started selling the book and um, I started also um, figuring out ways to kind of make money. So what I, the first thing that I tapped into really was helping other entrepreneurs who or aspiring authors who also wanted to write books because I got on this want to be an author train and it's it took it took off but it wasn't without a lot of downside and failures things that I okay. spent way too much money on way too much time on you know all of that stuff and so because I had learned a lot that was a huge learning curve in that process I said to myself you know what I can help somebody else do this. So that was like my first foray really into um, kind of merging the two things. And let okay. me just go back a little bit. Uh, when I first got to New York, I wanted to create, I was in travel mode, hiatus mode, and I wanted to create a community that reflected that. So it was you know, it was lifestyle mm. based on travel, based on if you've been through something rough in your life, you take a time out and do something different. And so I was building this company called Herbalians, which was kind of like, it's you, her, as in the woman, but it's also you pushing towards making these billions, this billion dollar empire. And wow. the basis of that was really to help people organized and I used mind mapping as the basis of that company that didn't really go anywhere because I I had teamed up with a friend who really wasn't putting work into it um okay and I felt at the time that I couldn't do it alone so that turned into then I focused on the book because I realized I I took those that same mind mapping skill set and I created a whole dimension of how to create this book. And I use that with clients. That sort of became this thing because I still have it. You know, I still have that. That's the the chart that I use. If you're, you're here with me, this is the chart that we're gonna use to help you build this book. So there's the marketing piece, there's the legal aspect, there's the, so when you put all of that into a visual and you could take that and print it and put it on your wall, there's no way you can lose. And that was the part, and I know you understand this, that was part of process for, for, for me um, in terms of the project management side. And then there was, how do we develop this book? So the two things just merged. And it was, I don't say by coincidence, because I don't believe in coincidences, but it didn't really, it wasn't a vision that I had that said, okay, I'm going to merge these two okay. things, you know. So that's how it really came about. So it yeah. sounds very organic. It was, it's, it, it's, was and still is a very organic process you know i i'm Ooh. a firm believer in doing what makes you feel good and not 
you know, because as entrepreneurs, we have this tendency to go online and we see other people doing stuff and we're like, oh, this person is doing this. So you get off your train and get on somebody else's, but they're not stopping at your stop. Or you might be going a little further than them or have to stop earlier than they are. But you won't know that if you don't focus and keep keep your focus for, for, for your path in life, because we all have that path in life. And it's very, it's very difficult, I would say, you know, as an entrepreneur, but you have to do it. So let me ask you this question. Um, you know, so what I'm getting actually is that you have the creative aspect and because of your project management background, your civil engineering background, you have a very process oriented background as well. So I, I can relate in, in that aspect. I'm curious, as you've gone through um, the process of your entrepreneurial journey, have there been things that you've noticed about, um, like, let's say just anything that you've noticed come up that's been a consistent thing? You know, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, how you show up, you know, are there any obstacles that you've seen that are continuously occurring or have occurred in your journey? Um, I would say discipline is the biggest one. I have had many friends and other people tell me, oh, my gosh, how do you get up every day? You work from home. How do you get up every day and do this? I'm like, I don't have a choice. If I don't work, I don't make money. That's one. But I'm not the motivation is not the money. I just happen to enjoy what I do. So for me, the motivation is getting up and making sure I create a list of all of the things that I want to accomplish for the day. And once I have that list, I can now say I'm going to spend an hour here, 15 minutes there, take a break here, you know, and throughout my day. Do I have days when that doesn't happen? Yeah. A lot of the times it, it, it really doesn't happen that way. But that has kept me sort of motivated over time. Also, um, I'm lucky to have my cousin, Joy, who is a source of inspiration because she has a very bubbly attitude. She's also an entrepreneur. We've been working together side by side, so to speak, um, since maybe 2017. And I think we both kind of play off each other. I think the accountability um, partnership that we have developed helps me to, if I fall short on something or I don't feel like I'm in the mood at, in a particular week, I have her to tell me, get on it. We don't have time. We have this goal, blah, 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 blah. And I do the same for her. And so we kind of help tag team each other and help each other out. So I think accountability is one. And then you just have to have your own discipline and motivation. It can't come from outside. It has to be something that comes from within. You have to want to win every day when you wake up, you know, so. Okay, that's, wow. Okay, so then just to kind of recap, so discipline, that consistent motivation, and then also having that accountability with your partner, the joy. Mm -hmm. So having someone who has an um, inspirational, bubbly personality that you can bounce off of continues to encourage you and push you forward. Right, but also somebody who has similar work ethic. Okay. Because somebody could be bubbly all day, but they want to go outside and skate or play games or ride, you know, or just run. But they, they also have to have that ethic to, be, to sit still and know when to sit still as opposed to know when to keep moving, you know, that kind of way. So I think work ethic is another big one. Okay, I love that. So then, um, so essentially what you're, you're now 
bringing into the picture is that sense of community and relationship. Yes. Having the right relationships, the right community to keep you forward. And then for you in that sense, it's the person having a similar work ethic. Yep. Okay. I want right, to add, so how I, have, can yeah. I, I just add something? As you said, community, I want to say before, just a little bit earlier, I spoke about tapping into the New York City entrepreneurial crowd. I have to say that that has also been a tremendous help because I had relationships with these people. I formed relationships from these in-person events that I went to for like two or three years. And all these years later, I want to say like six years later, I can call on them at any time and say, hey, you're in this space. Tell me what I need to do. Or they will keep sending me stuff to say, Mel, there's a tech something going on. You have a text, you have a, a digital website. Tap into this pitch. If you don't know how to pitch, I'm going to send you a couple lines. Get it together. Just come. It's not a big deal. You just want to show your face. You want to practice. And so I've had that wheel that turns as well that has helped me to know that there's a whole community out there who kind of has my back. And that's one of the things I love about New York. It's like we push each other. We help each other. We help each other elevate from strength to strength. You don't feel like you're alone walking this path by, you know, on, on your own. You have people. Okay, so let me ask, let's dig deeper into that. Um, what are the key characteristics that you've noticed within your community? So you mentioned one being work, work ethic, and then you're also mentioning, um, I think, the support structure, essentially, yes. right? So work ethic, um, structure, and then also inspiration. Are there any other key elements that you look into when looking for community or, or being within a community? I think just a mindset to want to win. It's like a huge, huge one. Like you and the, that, those other people have to have that mindset. It's like you, you might not know where this thing that you're doing is going to end up. You're not so sure where this path that you're on is going to end up, but you're walking it anyway. It's like, it's like blind faith, but you have people walking with you. And those people have that same mindset. They, we all on a similar path. We're on a we're alone, but together. But we're not we're not stopping. And if somebody does stop, you kind of like there to be like, girl, just one more step. You're probably about to strike gold. Just keep going, you know. And I think that's 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 what it is. It's it's that mindset to want to win every day. So you get up, you do your thing, but they also get up and they do their thing. And then you see somebody elevate and they get start getting recognized by, you know, larger crowds or larger companies. And you're like, oh my God, she made it. So, so can I. And it's just that built-in motivation to just keep winning. Okay, all right, so let's recap. So discipline, motivation, community. Within community, it's having like-minded people. They don't have to be doing the exact same thing that you're doing, but if the mindset is, is on the same page, you guys can walk together. So they're providing that support, the inspiration. And I love what you said, as in seeing them basically succeed is inspiration and motivation and encouragement to know that, hey, we're on the same journey together. That's gonna propel me as well. Okay. I wanna That's make a awesome. reference um, to can I make Go a reference? Can I make a reference yes, to um, Issa Rae? She's like one of my mentors in my head. Um, I had the opportunity to meet her when she wrote her book, um, *Adventures of an Awkward Black Girl*, and I always mention her 
as one of my mentors because I saw where she came from and where she is now. And she couldn't do that on her own. She did that with community. And I just listened um, this past weekend. She was on an NYU panel talking about um, for a film forum. And she was talking about, you know, she, at her level right now, because she's obviously making bank, owns a restaurant, has two production companies, I think, and a bunch of she other... She partners for, like, a hairline. Right, exactly. Hair. Yeah. So she has a lot. She has many different projects and a lot of businesses that she's owner of. She's a CEO heading all of these different things. And she still says that when she gets up every day, she doubts herself. And I couldn't... I, to me, in my head, I was just like, girl, what? You still doubting yourself and you own all of this? But it's just that level of humility... And she talked about having the people who started with her. She said the people who stayed are the people who had the same mindset as her, who didn't mind her being elevated and they, they being the ladder underneath to help push her up. Because once she gets up there, she's going to reach back and pull them up. And that's, that's that mindset that I'm talking about. That's, that's that thing that we have to have. I love that. Okay. So then, um, that, you know what? Um, so then how do you also keep an eye on, like when you reflect on your community, right? How do you measure or keep an eye on, okay, this is still the, the space for me to continue to be in? You know, do you ever assess and say, hey, you know what, this isn't quite right. I need to transition. You know, what does that look like for you? That is, a, is a, always a moving thing for me. Every day, I do it. Every single day, I figure out is this the right space for me? Are these people helping me or I am I helping them? Am I giving them, you know, of myself what they need? And is it a reverse, you know, um, vice versa? Because I feel like sometimes the thing that you, I guess just as in life in general, you start out with friends, but you don't end up with those same friends at the end of the day, right? And that's at every segment of your life. And we go through this change all of the time. So just this morning, I was up at four, I think. And there's a project that I'm involved in. And I, I don't think I'm, I feel like I'm giving it 100%. Or I feel like the rest of the people involved, my team, may not think I'm giving 100%. But there are some dynamics that need to be worked out. And I said to myself, do you want to continue with this or do you not want to continue with it? And I think those are, that, those are the junctures that we reach in life, that we have to make those hard decisions, especially as an entrepreneur. Do I continue with this team? Do I let somebody off the team? Do I add somebody to the team? And we have to consistently do that because you always want the dynamic to be in balance, so to speak. Because when it's out of balance, things don't get done. Right? You can't perform well, relationship-wise, um, process-wise, execution-wise. Like all of those things have to be in sort in, in balance for, for to have flow. And I think that's something mm. that a lot of people may not consider. They wanna, you know, you might feel bad if you start with this partner. And I could I could call on any company, um, Apple. The right. guy who started Apple, the two guys, one elevated and the other one took his money and left 
It happened with Twitter, I believe, and it happened with Instagram. Because it always takes more than one person to create something, but not everybody can be at the helm of that thing. And I think we have to also understand what our role is. Where do you fit in best? So if you're not performing in the role that you have, then you need to shift. Shift is necessary, you know? So, yeah. Wow. Okay. I love that. So then here, here's the question with that. Um, shift is necessary, but what do you do when you have intimate relationships? You know, you, you go into a journey with someone mm-hmm. and, and you guys have seen each other grow in that first stage, right? And then now you're, you're elevating to another stage. And, you know, how do you prevent yourself from holding on? You know, how do you then delineate and say, okay, you know what, it is time to go. Is it as simple as just saying, okay, now it's time for me to shift? Or is there more thought to it? I don't know. That would totally depend on how the business structure is set up. But I always believe I have been in business twice with friends. And I will tell you that I'm not sure I'm going to do that again. Okay. Only because people's emotions and personalities get in the way, like you were just okay. saying. Um, and I think it's sometimes hard when you're invested emotionally to be to walk away and say, you know what, this is not in my best interest or your best interest. It's better we just kind of separate. That's always the hard part. And sometimes you just end up not saying anything at all. But I believe in hindsight that you're, if you're both adults, you have to talk about it. You have to talk about the hard stuff, especially when it comes to running a business. You know, we have this old adage that says there's no friendship in business. There isn't. You have right. to think business when you're in business, even with a friend. So I'll give you an example. When you start that business, you have to create a contract. Both people should sign okay. the contract and the contract should say, these are the terms by which we will operate. And if you or I usurp the terms of that contract, these are the things that will happen. If you have that guy to even start with, guess what? No, there's no fight. There's no need for emotionality. There's no need for... Because you, we both understood that this was the basis on which we would operate from the very beginning. And I think that's where we fail. We always think as entrepreneurs that we, we have a side hustle. We need to stop calling it that because... Even though you might have your nine to five or your main state that pays your bills, this thing that you're trying to grow, it should not be considered a side hustle. That's a bad mindset to even start with. Because you're always going to be side hustling. You're not Melody, really going to I be building. I love what you just said. I lo- so this is one thing I've been thinking about and also trying to adjust within myself as well mm. is having a mindset of this is a business not a side hustle and I need to operate as a business. Mm-hmm. So I think that's key because I struggle with that too. And then the second thing I love about what you said is defining what this business relationship looks like from the beginning mm-hmm. and establishing that and being firm with it to say, Hey, this is the dynamics of this relationship. And these are the guidelines in which we have to operate. And if there's any deviation, it's very clear and straightforward. Exactly. It's, it's a legal contract. So you have, you know, we have to abide by this and you have, you should get a, you should, we should all have legal counsel once we're doing things like this. That's the first thing for everybody. 
you know, we, we start okay. businesses because we start making money. You start making hair products, you start making some money on your side because all your friends and family want to buy. But then when it becomes the, the real business savviness of that business, you don't know how to operate because all you've been doing is you're selling to your family and friends. You don't know how to get into like okay. a real franchise. You don't know how to get affiliates. You don't know how to get them to now, if they become employees, how they must act because they're still thinking, I'm friends and family, don't I get a discount? Don't you pay me more than the next person? No, this is a business. And these are the terms. If you go to work for Target or you go to work for anybody else, you can't tell them what to pay you and you can't tell them when you want to come in and when you want to leave. There are rules. So you have to treat your business like if you're already a Target, already a Walmart, already a Instagram, already a... You, you got to see that vision. It's got to be so big that you start operating as if you're that big. Okay. I, okay. So uh, I think that's one of, I think one of the key takeaways um, for me here is essentially when I'm going into this thing, I need to make a decision within myself, whether I'm, I'm going to be serious about this or not. Mm-hmm. And if I'm serious about this, I need to start operating as a business from the beginning. What are the, how do I get my ducks in a row? What are the right. things that I need to have in place legally as well? Right. Right. How are we establishing this relationship? Let's define it. Okay. I, I love that. Um, so let me ask all about this business. Can you tell us a little bit about it, what you're doing? Um, what, just how did it start? What's your vision and your goal for All About the Sisters? Okay. So All About the Sisters is a community of Black women who really share a sense of belonging and commitment to being well. Um, I know a lot of black women struggle with feeling like they don't belong to wellness spaces or communities, and it's probably because they don't. We don't. Um, The message out there is a one-size-fits-all, and it doesn't work for us because as black women, we need extra care and attention. And so our mission here at All About the Sisters is to really pioneer this movement that makes more black women and girls feel included and cared for, so we are sharing insights, we are presenting solutions, we are hosting um, virtual events that really encourage Black women to put their wellness first. We started in like 2016, 2017, and the idea for the movement at that time, everybody was talking about self-care. That was the, the, the latest buzzword, it was self-care. And we thought we'd create this space for radical self-care for women of color to thrive in. So in partnership with a close friend of mine, we started hosting hikes to upstate New York. We hosted Sunday meetups that we kind of dubbed in the living room where we would meet with moms on Sunday evening to distress and talk about self-care and to meditate and to you know, just vibe away from their kids and their um, spouses. And that was the beginning of where All About the Sisters really started. Um, there was some downtime because... Um, my friend and I moved to two different uh, boroughs and it was really hard to like get around at the time. And so in 2020, when the pandemic started, I decided, I said, look, what do you do? I asked myself, I said, Mel, what do you do best? And I said, you write, you can deliver news because that's research. That's just your thing. You're in your element when you do that. What do people need right now? People need information. So I restarted it as a digital platform, really sharing COVID-19 information, anything I could find. If there were um, areas where you could go get tested, any news that was coming out, I was sharing that. Um, I remember even 
there was news about where homeless people could find shelter during the pandemic because now we don't want people to be outside on the streets because then they're more vulnerable. Um, victims of domestic violence, where can they go? I started putting up shelters that would take in people, take in sick children, take, you know, it was all of this stuff. And it was just like, it was overwhelming for me because I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this is worldwide and this is serious. But I was happy to share. And then I started getting into writing blog posts. And then I started a podcast. And because I wanted to, to figure out who are these Black women that champion in wellness for other Black women or other Black people? Where are these people? Where are they showing up? What are they doing? We should know about them. Because if we don't know about them, it means we're not supporting them or tapping into our Black wellness community. And then all of a sudden, that became the thing. People built million-dollar um, businesses off of just putting up black products and then everybody was into black products and I'm like black is becoming a thing so I think we were all about the sisters was out in front but like I said when you're small and you don't have the resources you kind of don't have the reach um, so I have seen but also for us it's we want a very organic growth and very authentic because we want the people who support us and come to us to actually believe in what we are doing. We just don't want the likes and the follows and the stuff just on a fad because that fad is going to go away. So we really target Gen Xers because Gen Xers have been taught by boomers. And we all know boomers have issues when it comes to communication. They have issues when it comes to um, real emotionality. You know, I grew up, I'm in a, I grew up in a Caribbean household where we didn't talk about sex. We didn't talk about a lot of things. I, I didn't know some of the things that my mom went through. She shared the overall thing she went through, but she never really went into deep about how she felt about it, how other people received it, and if they had a conversation about it. So a lot of family secrets we hold inside and we die with it. And I'm like, no, we have to get out of that. We have to start sharing with, we have to start speaking to each other. And so that's the sort of idea or, or vision I have for this community um, in terms of being well. And, you know, our motto is be better at being well, because I think that's where we can, we can fit into the, the whole wellness idea. You know, wellness for some people is about getting a mani-pedi every day. That's, that's not the essence of true wellness. Wellness is supposed to be a little deeper than that. Are you healing from the inside out? So we started talking to a lot of mental health therapists who have been on my podcast and have been um, on my on the Monday live chats that we host. And so we are planning workshops. We are planning um, to continue our conversations. And when we can get back together, we are planning in-person retreats. You know, it's going to be a whole host of really helping Black women to heal in every aspect, holistically. You know, um, I, I enjoy, this is more a, a note, not for Mel, but actually for the audience. I've been or participated in um, a few of Mel's um, discussions. She has a session every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern where she interviews um, a subject matter expert. This season, um, the focus has been on really healing, right, and, and especially internal healing. I know that Mel is championing where the money resides and showing us where that is, <laughs> but um, <laughs> which I'm looking forward to. 
but as we go there, she's really um, just just held, um, I think, the forefront in, in championing healing for us, making sure we're internally healing, dealing with grief, um, dealing with domestic violence, um, finding different, I think Gina, is it Gina Rodriguez? I don't want to say it was Rodriguez. Gina, Gina, de, lo, Gina. De, de Los Santos. Gina, Gina De Los Santos, please forgive me. I'm thinking about the actress. <laughs> Gina D'Alessandro, um, her session was really powerful. I really enjoyed that session um, that she had. And, you know, I was just like, you know what, I'm going to go back and rewatch this again and take mm-hmm. notes. You know, um, it's important for us as women to have therapy, to seek different ways and strategies of, of coping and processing things. And it was a great breakdown. Um, and just introspective view and also resources that I, it was a huge takeaway for me. I enjoyed that session. And um, I just love what you're doing with all about the sisters. Um, I love, I love the energy. I love, it, it is very organic, you know, and um, as a woman of color, I do feel like there's a place for me there, you know, and I love the fact that it's dynamic. You know, um, it's not just one-sided. We're not just focusing on, okay, how do we make money, which mm-hmm. we, we will get there. But there is really a true um, sense of well-being. You know, mm-hmm. we want us to be well from the inside out and to have the tools to really make sure that we are well, like for real well, not just right. outwardly. You know, um, so I, I enjoy that. What's your vision for All About the Sisters? 2022, 2025, where are we going? I want us to be worldwide, hitting continents, having different groups represented. I think when we when we first had this vision in, back in 2016, the idea was to have different pods all around the United States, but also touching down in Africa, touch down in the UK, touch down. We have different ones in the Caribbean. So it will be like different parts of us that organize locally, but we are all one, you know, in the diaspora. And I think that's, that's where I want us to be, holding a huge conference, the All About the Sisters conference, where it's just wellness extraordinaire. Everything packed into like a week or weekend or something like that. So the likes of what maybe Black Enterprise does and, you know, I'm thinking big because Will Graves was Caribbean and he built a Black Enterprise, you know, into what it is today with a small vision to just have a news media uh, company. And so that for me is, I, I can operate in my element because like I said, I'm really versed that I've been writing for a long time. So I'm really versed in that. Um, I know news. I'm good at, I'm really interested in research. So I read a lot and I research a lot of things. So I can bring that to the forefront. But, you know, and if there's anybody out there who has some expertise and they want to lend it to all about the sisters, we are welcome. It can be a blog post, awesome. it can be anything. We welcome that. So, all right. Thank you. Okay. I have one last question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, what was an expensive lesson that you learned in 2020? And it doesn't have to be monetary, but, you know, 2020 pandemic, all this stuff going on. What was one expensive lesson that you learned? Oh, very expensive lesson. Health, your health is your wealth. And 
I say that because I am a person who never really liked traditional medicine. So I wouldn't, I never liked going to a traditional doctor. And so for many years, I would do the bare minimum when it came to my health because I was always well. I, I came from Florida and I was in optimal health there. I went to see a holistic doctor there who kept me at almost 100% all of, all of the time. And then when I came to New York, it was different because healthcare is a little different here. And it's expensive. And when you don't have those resources, it's really hard to tap into a system. And so you think, I'll do it when I get to it. But your body tells you that it needs it now. Your body really, really tells on you. And so 2020 was really given over to my health. It was very ironic because here I was starting off the year in March when the pandemic started, trying to help other people get their shit together, their wellness together. And that mirror turned right around on me. And for the entire year, my health was in focus. And I have spent so much money back and forth doing different things just to be able to get the kind of healthcare that I needed, but I needed to have it. And so now I'm feeling much better. Um, I'm not at a hundred percent yet. I'll get there, but I am in a physical healing mode that I know in about three to six months, I'm going to be fine. I have, you know, really started. I've always really like watched what I eat, but I've really started paying particular attention to foods that make me feel really good. Um, like not eating too much bread in the morning time for breakfast. Cause you know, when you grow up in the Caribbean, you eat bread all the time, bread for breakfast, bread for lunch, bread for, you can have a sandwich at any time. But my body is telling me at my age that I cannot do that anymore. You cannot have bread every day. You cannot have bread two, three times a day. So you have to pick. So maybe I have bread two or three times a week and I only have sourdough bread. So it's those little things that I started to pay attention to, but it costs to get here. You know, it costs a lot to get here. So that was a very expensive, and which is why, again, I have to champion wellness because the wellness is not just the healing from the inside, the mental health, the everything. It's everything. It's your job. When your boss doesn't um, edify you and make you feel great, it's not a great work environment. That takes a toll on your mental health. It takes a toll on your physical health. So you have to be aware of all of those things, your relationship with your partner. Like, what does that look like? Is that healthy? You know, it's all of those things. So, you know, life is like this revolving door. It's like, yeah, it keeps turning. And at every turn, you have to manage the expectations of everything that you're doing and the people that come in and the people that leave. And so life is active. And so that's why we have to be well. We have to be well and, and sound in mind, body and soul, you know. So, mm. you know what, I'm, I'm going to follow up with one last question. Uh-huh. So with this rotation, right, of, of life happening and things going on, how do you manage that rotation? How do you manage the, the rotation of life, the people coming in and out, just life itself, the different things? How do you balance? Say, is there I'm, balance? <laughs> there is balance, but I'm, I'll say this, and I, 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 I got this from Amanda Seals um, on a blog post I did last week for All About the Sisters. Um, she said in an interview that she only does what she can handle. So if you set a limit for what you can handle and that's it, you don't go beyond that. 
it's it's like you set the boundary for everything. You set the boundary in your relationships. You set the boundary in your finances. You set the boundary in life in general. And you don't go beyond that. So family can't come in and bring their problems to you. Friends can't, you know, monopolize your time. Work can get you to be working, even though you work from home 24 hours a day. No, you have to set the boundaries. And you have to kind of know yourself and know what you can handle. It's self-awareness. If I cannot handle this, I take a break. If family has too much drama going on, I take a back seat because this is as much as I can handle. And people just have to respect that, you know? That's I love it. that. So, um, okay. So setting up boundaries and then respecting your own boundaries. I like that. Awesome. Mel, thank you so much. Um, is there anything that you want our audience to know? How do they find you? Any um, key points you want to just hone in? Give it out there. I'll also put your information in the show notes as well. Sure. So how do they find you? I am on Instagram. It's my favorite uh, social media platform, at Mel Motivates, M-E-L-L Motivates. I'm also on there as at all about T-H-A sisters all about the sisters um my website is melaniepainter.com and on there you'll just see me doing websites writing that's what i do i do uh help aspiring authors tell their stories and publish their works so i do that aspect of things but i also have the wellness piece which is all about the sisters t-h-e sisters and so you can find me there as well so connect with me any which way I'm also on Facebook, um, Mel Painter, or Melanie Painter as my business is called. And that's pretty much it. Awesome. D- DM oh, we me. Didn't talk about it. Mm-hmm. No, I was going to say DM no, me, send me a note, drop me a line, get on All About the Sisters newsletter because it's awesome. And you're going to get a lot of information every week, things that you think you knew and you what you didn't know. So. I'm looking forward. Thank you. So one, one thing I wanted to mention that Mel didn't mention, or at least really emphasize, is that Mel also works on websites as well. She's very good at that. Um, she'll manage your website on the back end. Um, she's also good at consulting as it, it pertains to setting up or strategizing your website as well. She's phenomenal in that space um, also. Just one of her other <laughs> key. Listen, that creative yeah, entrepreneurship. <laughs> It's got 10 different means of income. You got to, you know, you got to know how to get to the bag yeah. at the end of the day. So, but um, just to really put it out there, she really knows how to work a website and strategize um, from, from, from the fundamentals of it. You know, she's, you know, what I like about Mel, uh, especially when it comes to that, what the technical aspect too, is that um, she won't, you won't just hire her and she just is here to design the website. There's concepts behind it, there's theoretical thought, and then there's also the concept of, um, you know, I, I want to say conversion. You know, mm-hmm. like what's your idea, what's your vision, and how does that translate, and what is the message that you're trying to send out and the emotion that you're trying to evoke, and how do you want to communicate and connect to your audience? So she's holistic in that space. It's, it's truly web design. You know, um, so I, I love that she's very talented in that space as well. Thank you, Chandra. All right, Mel, of course. This was <laughs> awesome. Mel, I, 
It was beautiful. Thank you so much for taking the time. You know, um, I'm I'm grateful. I'm really, really, truly grateful. Anytime. Guys, thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much. This is Melanie. Please connect with her. And until next time, take it easy. Bye.